You know, it's good to have a plan. As long as we're flexible. I think I know what I'm speaking about. But, uh, hey! Hmm. Pastor Richard, you and your wife, as I was worshiping God, can you stand up for a minute? As I was worshiping God, I saw like an American saber hitting a gusher. And I saw like an Artesian well. And Father, I just asked you to release grace to bring about this Artesian well. God help them to have this gusher of holy fire, the fire of your Holy Spirit. Lord, it does something in the neighborhood and beyond. Let the gusher of God, the gusher of your Holy Spirit, spring forth, God, in your time and in your way, in Jesus' mighty name. And I bless that to them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Tie. Worcester button. Well, this morning I want to speak about winning your race to win. You know we're all winners. Just say to the person next to you, I'm a winner. If they don't look you in the eye when they're saying that, tell them they're a loser. <laughs> uh, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Is that nasty word, discipline? They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. You know, sometimes we need to speak to our body, don't we? Otherwise, I feel that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. See, brothers and sisters, we're all in the race of life. We're all in it. And we should be running the race of life as if our very lives depended upon it. Did you know that? So we're all in this race of life, and we should be running our lives, we're running our race as if our very lives depended upon it, because they do. They do. <laughs> we're not just running a race uh, for some kind of temporary prize upon planet Earth. We are running a race to gain an eternal prize. Isn't that good news? And the other good news is this. Each and every one of us can win the race and get a gold medal. None of us here need to settle for a silver medal or a bronze medal. We can all run our race and win gold. Only in the kingdom of God can we do that. So we can all run our race to win. Praise God. We're winners. Every single person here today is a winner. Every single person in the church of Jesus Christ is a winner. Every person who's born again is a winner. We are all winners. God doesn't have any losers. There are no losers in the body of Christ. We are all winners. Wow. I like being a winner. I refuse to be a loser. I'm a winner. So are you. Say that again to someone with conviction this time. You're a winner. Good. Now you sound as if you believe it. 
I can finish now. I'll just pray a blessing and go home. You've got it. I don't have to say anything else. Now we're winners. <laughs> but we can solve some problems along the way sometimes, can't we? In Philippians chapter 3 and 13, it says, There's one thing I do, forgetting these things which are behind and reaching forward to these things which are ahead. Forgetting these things which are behind. You see, sometimes we need to put the past behind us because if we don't, it'll stop us running and winning our race. We need to put the past behind us. See, we can have bad experiences of failures. If we have bad experiences, we need to come to God and get healed up and restored and begin to move again. We can't just live in a bad experience and play the tapes and say, well, I can't do uh, this because of my upbringing or because I didn't have a father, whatever it is. We can't make excuses because Jesus paid the price to set us free from the past and we can't let our history steal our destiny. Don't let your history steal your destiny. No matter what experience you've had, good, bad, or indifferent, you've still got a destiny in Christ because in Christ we've got a future and a hope. Hallelujah. I've got a future and a hope. You can't keep a good man down. And just for the ladies, you can't keep a good woman down. And you're a brave man if you try to keep a good woman down. Why, why, why did you laugh at that then? What was funny about that? There's some married men here, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something else. Some people, because they fail, my paper's stuck together. Man, this is hard. This must be weak today. Anyway, it's not just the past experiences. Sometimes when we fail, we give up. And the thing is, there's no one here today who's a failure. We're sons and daughters of God who sometimes fail, but we're not failures. We are never, ever failures. We don't find our identity in being a failure. We find our identity in Christ. See, I sometimes fail. You'd never believe that, would you? You think I'm successful all the time. I'm not. I sometimes fail. I even make mistakes. But he can't keep a good man down. You see... Some people who have the greatest successes in life were the greatest failures. I've just dragged some out here. You can get these things in the internet. It's easy to find. Let me just ring some out to you. People you've probably heard of. Listen to this. Failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. Good, eh? You know Henry Ford of Ford's cars? Look at what he's built. That guy had two businesses who went bankrupt. Didn't work for him at first. He's a success now, but he started off being a failure. Albert Einstein, listen to this. When Einstein was young, his parents thought he was mentally retarded. His grades in school were so poor, a teacher asked him to quit saying, Einstein, you will never amount to anything. Also, he didn't speak until he turned four and didn't read until he was seven. Albert Einstein started in life as a failure. Then look what he became, one of the greatest scientists in the 20th century. Michael Jordan, the great, uh, you'll know this, 
this great American basketball player, you heard of him? He said the key to success is failure. The key to success is failure. You see, the only way not to fail is to stay in your bed all day long or go and hide in a cupboard. If you even try to walk, you might fall. You could fail. Living life means we're likely to fail somewhere along the way. But Michael Jordan says this, I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I've been entrusted to take the game-winning shot that I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I'm a success. Isn't it good? You see, you've got to attempt things. You've got to take risks for Jesus. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. The trouble is in today's society in this country, they've taken the risk out of life. Everything's health and safety. It's so clinical. It's so clean. There's no room for fun any longer. People don't know how to take risks. I mean, we've got to take a risk in life if you're going to enjoy life or stay in bed with a failure. Ludwig van Beethoven. And this is amazing. This I couldn't believe it. Before the start of his career, Beethoven's music teacher once said of him, as a composer, he's hopeless. <laughs> and during his career, he lost his hearing and yet managed to produce great music. A deaf man computing music. I mean, what can you say about that? A deaf man composing music. But he was told he'd no hope. Are you starting to get something here? You people that think you're no hopers and failures out there? I hope you are. You could go on Abraham Lincoln as a list of things that he did. Isaac Newton. Many thought that Isaac was born a genius, but he wasn't. When he was young, he did very poorly in grade school. So poor his teachers gave up on improving his grades. You become a great mathematician. I mean, famous people. Famous people. And this one you'll know, Thomas Edison. Trying to invite the light bulb, okay? He said this, I haven't failed, I've just found 10,000 ways it won't work. <laughs> I mean, what can you say about that? See, brothers and sisters, failure can be used to build something into our life that causes us to be a success because at least if we're failing, we're trying to do something for Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. Otherwise, we might as well stay in bed all day and be bored and take the risk out of life. There's challenges ahead of us. That's what makes life worth living is taking a risk. Yes, amen. We've got to take risks. We won't get it right all the time. Even I don't get it right all the time. No. I don't. I don't. For any visitors, that was my wife, by the way. That was my wife. She knows I don't get it right all the time. Because I get that little whisper in my ear. I told you so. <laughs> See, we're not failures. We're sons in God who sometimes fail. But we can take risks for Jesus Christ and we can live life to the full and enjoy the life he's given us. If we don't take any risks, life does become boring. Yeah. 
And you know some of that, we just die early. Does anyone here want to die early? Please put your hand up. No one, no hands. Not even one hand. There's no one person in this room wants to die early. Praise God. Well, do you know how to live long? Have purpose in your life. Have a bit of purpose and risk in your life. You'll live longer. I mean, look at all the politicians and different people that are still going for it, living long lives. Because they've got purpose in their life. If you take the purpose and risk out of life, we switch off, and in our spirit man, we begin to wither and die, and then we just do that, we die. Purpose can give us a long life. So put the past behind you. Stop making excuses for it. Don't live in it. Stop playing the tapes. You know, we get around and we remember back, way back, and then we get together with a group of people we used to meet with 20 years ago. We're talking about the past all the time, regurgitating it. We're putting great big chains around our hands and it stops us coming into a glorious destiny in Christ. Break off the chains and press on. Forget the past. Apostle Paul says this, One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to these things which are ahead. We can do that. And maybe some this morning you've fallen out of the race. I want to encourage you to get back in the race. Get back in the race. Get back in the race, but not before you've done some of these things. You see, sometimes when the going gets tough and the government, you know, life can be tough sometimes. Filled with problems. And it's tough. But you see, sometimes we can get so worn down when they want to take us out of the race. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Remind yourself of Father God's grace and love. You know, His love towards you is unconditional. It's eternal. He'll always love you. He'll always want what's best for you every day of the week, not just in Sunday mornings, even on a Monday morning when you get up and you maybe don't like it. God loves you. His love towards us is perfect. Perfect love. Imagine that what perfect love is. We can't comprehend perfect love because we live in this imperfect world. But Father's God's love towards us is perfect. That means there's no impure motives. He's not trying to manipulate or do us down. He's always trying to lift us up because he loves us, because love lifts up and love builds up. Remind yourself of that fact, that Father God loves you. Remind yourself also his grace is sufficient for you to do whatever he's called you to do. You know, when it says in Corinthians, when the apostle Paul with the thorn and all the harassment, he was trying to escape from it all, and God says to him, no, 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 hey, My grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in your weakness. You see, it's good to be weak because then we're strong. If we think we're strong, that's when we fall. But if we learn to boast in the weakness, God, I'm so weak, I'm so inadequate, I need your grace. God's power comes and meets us at a point of need. His grace is sufficient to do whatever He's called us to do. He's not asking us to do it in our own strength. He's asking us to do it in His strength. Does anyone think God's not strong enough? Hmm? I might not be. You're living in his biceps. 
But here on the inside, on the inside, wow. I'm going to tell you this. The most powerful person in the universe lives in the inside of me. Do you know that? So you watch out when I'm around. You watch out. I'm a dangerous man. And if he lives inside of you, you're dangerous men and women. Because the most powerful person in the universe lives inside of you. Think about that. More powerful than an atom bomb lives inside of us. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Nothing is impossible for him. And he lives in us. God, that's amazing. God living inside of me. Well, I can just about understand that, but living inside of you, I mean, that's... I mean, well, look, look. Well, look at the person next to you and see what you think. I mean... <laughs> now, he lives inside of all of us, isn't he? No matter what we think of ourselves. Or no matter what other people think about us. He lives inside of us. You see... You can think nasty things about me. It doesn't stop make him any less powerful in the inside of him. See? Nothing can stop that. He's in me. Forever. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Principalities, no matter what it is, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus and God lives in me. So there. <laughs> I've wanted to do that for years. <laughs> uh, where was I? Anyway, remind yourself of that. Father God's grace and love, His grace is efficient. Also, you're unique. And no one can do what God has called you to do in the way that you do it. You see, no one here can preach like me. I'm not saying I'm a good preacher. I'm just saying he can't do it like me. See? There's something unique about me. Praise God you're saying, aren't you? I know. <laughs> Careful. But there's something unique about you. Whatever God's called you to do, no one can do it just like you do it. Even with twins, they're not perfect. Even identical twins aren't really identical. See, we're all unique. When you think, how can every snowflake be different? I can't comprehend that, can you? You pick up a shovel of coal and you think, man. And then you think, how can it be? We bring our own unique flavor and personality to whatever God calls us to do. And we make it something special just because we're involved in it. Isn't that good? Say to the person, I'm unique. Say, there's no one like me in this world. Thank God. <laughs> Once you've reminded yourself of those things, and you know you're loved, these powers within you, you're unique, then and not before then, get back in the race and begin to train again. Begin to train again. Get yourself back in training. 
Do you watch athletes? You know what training involves? Sacrifice. Nasty word, sorry. That nasty word, sacrifice. Discipline. It's another nasty word. Commitment. Words we don't like to hear. Sacrifice, discipline, and commitment. You see, no athlete will win his race unless these things are involved in his life. If we're going to run a race to win, there's going to be sacrifice. We can't be caught up with self. We must be thinking about others. You see, discipline, brothers and sisters, isn't legalism. Some people think discipline's legal. Well, we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. We are charismatic. Therefore, we don't do discipline. We just flow in the Spirit. Or do you know? No, God brings order into our lives. And there needs to be a discipline in our life. If there's no discipline, we'll never build anything. There's going to be discipline. And there's going to be commitment. We've got to say, I'm committed to this thing. You know, marriage is a commitment. A lifelong commitment. There's going to be a commitment. Someone once said to me, Brian, why do we have to get married? I said, well, how about commitment? You know, there's going to be a commitment, isn't there? And if we are going to do things that are worthwhile, there needs to be that sacrifice, there needs to be that discipline, and there needs to be a commitment. But you know the wonderful thing is grace is sufficient. See, what does the Apostle Paul say? He said, that, you know, about working harder than all the other apostles, yet not I, but the grace of God that's with me. See, the grace of God enables us to do these things. The grace of God enables us to make the sacrifice. The grace of God enables us to live a disciplined life. And the grace of God enables us to make commitments to things. It's by His grace. His power made perfect in our weakness. It's not in our strength we do these things. It's in His Begin to rule and reign again over your body and over your circumstances. How would you do that? By receiving the abundance of grace. I like what the Amplified says. It says that uh, when we receive the abundance of grace, we reign in life as kings. Hey, isn't that good? We reign in life as kings through receiving the abundance of grace. So if we receive the grace, we can reign as kings. Just don't try reigning as your king before you receive the grace. It won't work. And we can receive grace 24 hours a day, can't we? Come to the throne of grace. Like we said at the beginning, we need to become good receivers. God, I just receive your grace today. I receive your grace for this morning. Whatever I do today, God, I receive your grace. Pour it in. Let it flow in. And just feel that anointing of grace, his goodness, his love, his power. It's flowing in. It's tangible. See, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. God, more grace. Then out of that receiving, we then reign in life as kings. Wow. King Brian. Nice sound, Kate. You know, what do you think? Well, put king in front of your name. See what it's on. If you're a lady, say queen. Just call yourself a queen. Go on, see. What does it sound like, ladies? Queen, whatever your name is. Try it. Have a go. Just say it. Speak it out loud. Don't be bashful. We're amongst friendly folks. This is the church, isn't it? King Brian. Queen Francis. Some things I could say, but I'll move on quickly here. Anyway, 
Begin to run your race again once you've reminded yourself of those things. And reach, reach for what lies ahead. You've got a destiny, brother and sister. We've all got a destiny. We've all got a destiny. And then once you're back in the race, of course, you want to run it to win, don't you? I want to run my race to win. I don't want anyone passing me. Exactly. You know, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, these days says to run to win. You know, and in that, it's always good to remind yourself of what Jesus has done. And that we already have the victory and we are living in it. Victory in the Christian life isn't something we're trying to head into or trying to achieve. It's something we've got and we're running out of. Now, we need to get hold of that. We already have the victory because of what Jesus has done. His victory is our victory. So we live life in the victory, not trying to achieve the victory. We're already in that victory because of Jesus. That's so important. Some Christians are trying to win the victory. Well, you couldn't. The devil's smarter than we are. It's only in Christ we can walk in the victory. When he cried out, it is finished, the victory was won. Praise God for you and for me. We are the victorious ones. We are the conquering ones. (laughs) Wow. See, we run our race to win by grace. It's all to do with grace because of what Jesus has done. And because of God's amazing grace, we can live godly lives. It's no good saying, I'm not strong enough to live a godly life. Now, sorry, His grace is sufficient to say no to ungodliness. That means we can live a godly life. His grace is sufficient for us to love God and serve Him and people faithfully. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for us to advance the kingdom of God. All because of what Jesus has done. See, we've got no excuses, really. All that we can say is, I can't, but God can. I'm inadequate, but he's my adequacy. My sufficiency comes from him. Praise God. Isn't it wonderful? God's amazing grace. And in this season, you know, about the changes, you know, sometimes we press towards the upwards call of God and we might be running in a race and running in a particular lane. And then God's asked, God asks us to change lanes. And that's the process Alice and I are in at the moment. We're in the process of getting ready to change lanes. We're still in the race. We're still running after the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We're just going to be in a different lane. Because we're going into a new season. And we're going to fall into that new season in God, you see. If we try to stay in the same lane when God's saying get out of it, the grace and anointing won't be there to produce fruit for the kingdom any longer. And life will just be one big struggle. Well, I don't don't want my life to be a struggle. I want to enjoy God's call upon my life. And so we're in the process of changing lanes, and when we're in the right lane for the right season, 
then the fullness of grace and anointing will flow towards us and we'll enjoy what we're doing and we'll bear fruit for the kingdom. So we need to understand the seasons in God. We need to know where we are in God if we want the fullness of that grace and anointing in our lives. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, if it's a burden and a chore for you, maybe you need to examine what lane you're in. Maybe you're doing the wrong thing. It's okay for a while to serve God because, you know, we've got needs in the church and that kind of thing. But eventually you've got to find your place. Everyone's got to find their place in the kingdom. And even when we find our place and find our lane, you might not be in that lane forever. Sometimes we've got to change lanes. Because it's a new season for a new ministry. And God's got new things for us to do. But we're still in the race. So all the principles of the race still apply. We're just in a different lane, that's all. God is so good. So, here we are then. Wherever you are today, let me just remind you, we're all in the race of life. And we need to run this, la- this race as if our very lives depended upon it. Because they do. You see, the thing is this, your life will be what you make it. It's not just, you know, God is the sovereign Lord God Almighty. God doesn't force himself upon us. Your life is what you make it. Don't start blaming God for it and don't start blaming the devil. Your life is what you make it. What you put into the kingdom of God is what you will get out of it. It's no good blaming God. He's done it all on the cross. He's made His grace available. It's all there for us. You see, in these verses in Philippians as well, it says about laying hold of that for which God has laid hold of you. Have you got your that yet? See, we need to lay hold of that for which God has laid hold of us. I want to lay hold of that. And my that is changing. I think I'm going to have a bit of this and that. Well, just add lib straight off the cuff. I mean, don't expect anything too brilliant. But we need to lay hold of our that. We could start a prayer meeting, couldn't we? For that. What are you praying for? I'm praying for that. <clears throat> See, who's read Rick John in the final quest? Okay. There's a chapter in that book. When I, read, I read this book when it first came out a few years ago. There's a chapter in that book. I started to read it. I cried for about two or three hours. And you know why? Christians had gone to heaven. They come face to face with Jesus. And you looked them in the eye. And as soon as they looked in the eyes of Jesus, they knew that they hadn't done what God had called them to do. And they started to cry. And they said, please, Jesus, let me go back and have another opportunity. He said, sorry, you only got one. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that. On that final day, when Jesus looks you in the eye, are we going to be able to look him straight back in the eye and say, God, I did everything you asked me to do. 
See, that's why for me, I'd rather attempt things for God in failing and get it wrong than not attempt them because not finally, I want to look him in the eye. I want him to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. I don't want to arrive in heaven with regrets. And I don't want anyone here to be in that place when they get there. God, I wish I'd done it. I can't go back. You see, we can't go back. We're on this life for 70 or 80 years, and that's it, folks. That's it. Well, maybe 100, 120, you know what I mean? Compared with eternity, it's a short time. Even if you live to be 500 years old, compared with eternity, it's nothing. But what we do here is important. Very, very important. So I encourage all of us not to have regrets, but to run our race to win. Because God's grace is sufficient for all of us to win our race and to gain that eternal prize. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Isn't God good? Man, that's amazing. Please stand. Thank you, Father. God, your grace is wonderful because of what Jesus has done. But Lord, it also means we've got no excuses left. (laughs) Father, I just pray for people here today, if there's any have fallen out of the race because of adverse circumstances or, or wrong thinking, whatever it is, please, God, begin to reveal your grace and love to them in new ways. Lord, show them their uniqueness and show them that your grace is sufficient. Help them back into the race, God. Help them back into the race that they can see they've got a purpose in life. That in you, they've got a destiny, Father. Lord, then help them to run the race to win. And Lord, I just pray for all of us here. God, we'll all run a race to win. We can support one another. And I pray that all of us are running in the right lanes, God. That that, that, that full flow of grace and anointing is flowing to us and through us. And we're producing fruit for the kingdom. And the other great thing about your grace is, God, when we're flowing with you, we enjoy it. God, we can, you, you actually want us to enjoy it. Thank you, Father. So help us all to enjoy the call and run a race to win. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.